It's just a pile of junk upstairs, but it's full of surprises for all of the bears. Welcome back to Deep in Bear Country, a Berenstain Bear Cast. I am your host, Phil Gonzalez, and today we're heading back to McDonald Land with the second of our 1990 Happy Meal books The Berenstain Bears and the Attic Treasure. Friends, I cannot overemphasize how pleasantly surprised I've been at the quality and depth of these Happy Meal books. Last week, we dug into the inner lives of cubs as they navigated the rocky terrain of preteen hormones all under the guise of tomfoolery against their hot young sub. And while the cubs themselves found no satisfaction in the outcome of the story, we, the readers, had the pleasure of discovering the textured and nuanced lengths to which the cubs would go to exercise and exorcise their social and societal frustration. Today, today, we're going to slip away from the experiences of Bear Country's cubs and return to hearth and home and join the Bear family proper, Mama, Papa, Sister, Brother, as they embark on that most exciting of adventures, tidying up a room. Yes, the premise of this week's book is the Bear family attempts to clean a room and bless you, listeners, If you feel this is a rather dry premise for a story, I too was once like you. But oh ho! Dry though the premise may be, the inner meat is moist and sweet like a McDonald's beef patty. We are deep in beef country, you might say, and the beef on this burger is fresh with ideas. Right off the bat, the reader is taken out of their comfort zone with the Mirror Universe intro... The Bear family was spending a quiet evening in the big treehouse at the edge of the forest deep in Bear Country. The edge of the forest, you say? Not down a sunny dirt road. The edge of the forest? Bringing up the fact that the Bear family lives so close to the dark, dark woods serves a dual purpose. First, it reminds us that in spite of their modern trappings, the Bear family is still only a step away from their primal origins. It wasn't too long ago that Papa was forcing his family out from the confines of their cave into the world of civilization. The entire theme of this book ends up being about the Bear family's attempt at conforming to the expectations of the larger world, and their ultimate failure to do so is justified in this early reminder that although the bears are in civilization, they are not necessarily a part of civilization. Secondly, it is the author's way of subverting expectation right off the bat, so that the unexpected twist at the end results as a culmination of the book's structure rather than as a contradiction to it. It's almost as if Jan and Stan are preparing us, saying, don't get comfortable, we're about to go off script here, and we need you to be paying attention, friends. So... We're off to the races with a scene out of a Courier and Ives print. The bears are enjoying family time. Papa is reading the paper, and Mama is reading the latest issue of Tree Housekeeping. Tree Housekeeping. Not good tree keeping. I mean, I get that they were playing on Tree House, but since the reader must necessarily be aware of the presence of good housekeeping in order to appreciate the reference, the tree in the title is going to insert itself as a descriptor instead of a modifier of the word house, rendering the meaning obtuse at the very least. I hope this magazine can help me keep a house that's a little more tree, the editors must be hoping their subscriber base is thinking. Your house looks so tree inside, friends and neighbors will proclaim on entering. Tree housekeeping. I'm deliberately belaboring this point because tree housekeeping 
provides the catalyst for all the coming action. The Cubs, meanwhile, are on the living room floor playing Parcheesi, or some variant of the ancient Indian cross-and-circle game Pachisi. Now, the specifics of the game itself may not be important, but let's think about the implications of having the Cubs playing a game with origins so tied into classical history and mythology. After all, Pachisi and its sister game, Shapur, were thought to have been created around the 4th century. A late 17th century painting depicts the Hindu deities uh, Shiva and Parvati playing Shapur while sitting on an animal skin rug. Now, Shiva is a god of creation and destruction, while Parvati, Shiva's counterpart or wife, is a goddess of nurturing love, creative energy, and divine strength. To, you know, oversimplify things. Now, Shiva and Parvati have two kids, uh, Ganesha, the elephant-headed god of new beginnings and the remover of obstacles, and Kartikaya, Hindu god of war. Could the Berenstains, in having the children playing a game so associated with its Hindu origins, be encouraging us to associate the bear family with this specific divine family? Is Papa meant to be Shiva, responsible for the creation of the family's external structure, while also being a force of destruction at a flip of a switch. Is Mama meant to be Bear Country's Parvati, the firm nurturer, supplying Papa with the drive and energy he would lack on his own? Is Brother a representation of wise Ganesha, patient and stern, acting as a moral center for the cubs in his circle? And his sister, our Kartikaya, she likes to... She likes to fight, I guess. She's warlike. Maybe it falls apart a little bit. But consider where we started. The subversion of expectation, okay? Let us ground our bear family in a pre-established divine configuration, okay? An eternal order as unshifting as the positions on a chessboard, okay? Mama, papa, sister, brother, fixed, permanent, unyielding to change. Okay, remember this. Remember this fixedness, this rigidity, for though we don't realize it yet, The attic treasure is setting us up for a nigh-tectonic shift in the divine machinery of bear country. Now, Mama gets an idea from her issue of tree housekeeping. It's a two-page idea and a simple one. Convert your gloomy, cluttered attic into a lovely family room. The article is shown and consists of the headline I just read you in two pictures, a before shot of a cluttered attic and an after shot of a living room. There seems to be no instruction on how one would go about converting their gloomy, cluttered attic into a lovely family room, but that wouldn't seem to be a problem because the Bear family is currently in a lovely family room. That's right. The Bear family is enjoying their evening in a cozy, spacious living room. They are all together, enjoying the warmth of one another's presence. This is, for all intents and purposes, a family room. The after picture shows a small room with a rug, rocking chair, side tables, lamps. It's a living room. And they already have a living room. We know this because they are currently in it. They are in the family room, but, but... The family is undeterred. They tromp up the stairs and into the gloom and clutter of their seldom-visited attic. It's a mess. A gloomy, cluttered mess, filled with the detritus of years of marriage and child-rearing. What will they do with all this junk? We'll have a yard sale, Mama declares, making it so. And what is the first step towards a successful yard sale? Obviously, it's making a sign announcing your yard sale, which Papa dutifully does. Big yard sale tomorrow, it awkwardly announces, at 2 o'clock. So... Mark your calendars? I know random signs posted in my neighborhood usually guarantee a prompt 24-hour delayed response. Good on you, Papa. Hmm, I tend to think to myself. I'll have to make sure and retain this information. I'd hate to miss out on pawing through someone's garbage. Speaking of someone's garbage, the Bear family is about to get super possessive slash weepy over their own garbage. Now, I know what you're thinking. 
because I'm somewhat all-seeing, all-knowing. You're thinking this is going to be a story about how the Bears learn that you can't hang on to everything and maybe some of that old stuff will be better off making other people happy. Nope! That's the Berenstain Bears. Think of those in need, suckers. This book is all about hanging on to all of that old stuff. First, Papa finds a busted old honeypot. He's dusting off his honeypot and fantasizing about all that fat, fat cash he's going to rake in by selling this garbage to his friends when Mama swipes that broken bit of crockery out of his hairy palms and reminds him that it was a wedding present. Oh, Papa, how could you have forgotten that broken pot that got stashed away in the attic was important? Come on, man. Then the kids find a dusty old photo album full of strangers. Who are these people? The kids wonder why they're Mama and Papa's wedding photos. And wait, wait. We've been through this. The Cubs know what Mama and Papa looked like at that age because we had an entire book where they were poring over their honeymoon photos. Huh. So we see that the wedding album has been stashed or hidden away in the attic. Well, the honeymoon album is kept out for the family and visitors to peruse at their leisure. Huh. So I think we can conclude from this. That Mama and Papa prize the celebration of their union over their actual union. The wedding itself, and bear in mind that we know next to nothing about Mama's and Papa's courtship, and what I think I know I'm probably confusing with the Simpsons. The wedding itself is something the Bears would rather keep stashed away. The real money is in what happens afterwards. And I'm going to keep this family friendly by simply stating that what happens afterwards involves procuring additional family members. I'm not bringing that up because, haha, Phil, you went there. I'm bringing it up because the book brings it up. Sister sees the pictures and wonders why she isn't in any of them. Brother, his eyes filled with disdain, says, because we weren't born yet, silly. And silly is capitalized for some reason. But it's sister's response to brother's response that tells us everything we need to know. Oh, she says. Then, changing the subject, she asked, hey, what's this? We'll get to what that is in a second. Let's briefly look at how the matter of reproduction and brothers and sisters' negative existence in mamas and papas' lives is quickly brushed aside. The matter of the bare parents bringing other children into this equation, an equation divinely balanced as made evident by the book's parallels within the Hindu divine family, as well as a matter already shaken by Mama's sudden claim that their family room is not a real family room and that only by digging through the detritus of their lives and clearing out the past can they hope to create a real family room, a matter that is obviously of grave importance to Sister Bear, the youngest member of the Bear family, Oh, wait, I have, a, I have a prepositional phrase. I can't figure out. I'm going to start over with a new sentence. <clears throat> uh, the whole book is pointing at something, you see. It's obscured and shadowed behind a bland storyline, but it's pointing in a direction, and I think I know where it's going. So what is the object Sister is suddenly so fascinated by? Friends? Listeners? The joy of spinning a hoop around various body parts for the amusement and enlightenment of oneself and others has been a part of the human experience for hundreds of years. From the Native American hoop dance to the 14th century metal hoop craze in England, round things going around have always captivated our imaginations. Now, in the late 1950s, Whammo began marketing a plastic form of dance hoop dubbed 
Well, I hesitate to say its name, as Whammo's lawyers are horrifically litigious and apt to swoop down with great vengeance and furious anger upon any violator of their intellectual property rights, and as I do not wish this podcast to become Whammo Presents Deep in Bear Country, a Berenstain Bearcast starring Leanne Womack, although that would be awesome and I would listen to it, I will refer to Sister Bear's find as the Cubs refer to it. That's my old twirl-a-hoop, said brother, using a phrase nobody on God's green earth had ever used in all of history. He tries to demonstrate the twirl-a-hoop for sister, but, quote, he had lost the knack. Sister, however, turns out to be a twirl-a-hoop whiz. Yes, I'm directly quoting, and she begins, yes, this is also a, quote, twirl-a-hooping up a storm. I guess if you're going to coin a phrase, you got to commit. Now, I think you can see where all this is heading. The busted wedding present, a dusty wedding album, the forgotten artifact of a more naive era, and more, a photo of the founder of Bear Country, great-great-uncle Ned. Why did we not know that one of the ancestors was a founder of this entire region? Why, what, what, why, why is this buried in a McDonald's book, Berenstain? Papa's baseball card collection, Mama's old trumpet from high school band, Papa's trophy from second place in a sack race. That's actually really sad. And finally, finally, if you have socks, prepare to hold on to them now. A literal pile of old baby furniture. And here we are. The real reason for the book. It's brother's old bed from the new baby. It's sister's crib, a high chair, a barrel i guess a baby barrel and here's the most important page in all of the books we've ever covered because it contains so much it's a high angled shot the pile of cribs are in the bottom left a brother and sister are facing mama and papa papa has his arm around mama and is looking at her eyes half closed big smile on his face mama is biting her finger a frown and a look of concern on her own face but that's our baby furniture protested sister yeah what if we ever have another baby asked brother good thinking chuckled papa and for the moment mama stays silent there you go listeners this is where it all changes the book is laying out the future of the bear family the book is announcing something that will not come to fruition in our time for 10 years the book is preparing us for the arrival of but we'll get to that won't we mama agrees Agrees to what? They don't say. But Papa cancels that yard sale. They're getting rid of nothing. He also doesn't take down the sign. He hammers a canceled sign over the old sign, which, okay, great, great job. And the final page, the final page is the Bear family up in the attic, which they've cleaned a little and turned into the exact same room they have downstairs only now mama can play the trumpet and sister can twirl a hoop and brother can look at his parents wedding photos forever and they say it's the best sort of family room a family could ever have but we know that it's not finished we know that seeds have been planted And what, dear listeners, will grow from those seeds? Next week, we'll see what happens when Mama isn't in the picture. Can Papa take care of the family ten minutes without killing everyone? What implication will his incompetence have for the future of the Bear Clan? Only time and the Berenstain Bear's life with Papa will tell. You can find me 
at berensteinbearcast.wordpress.com. You can write to me at berensteinbearcast at gmail.com. You can subscribe to me on iTunes. You can find me on Twitter at bstainbearcast. Thank you so much for listening. And I will see you next week, deep in bear country.